Hi, hello, welcome to the episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is September the 20th, 2023. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits and high hopes. As for me, I'm doing pretty good. Today was a really good day. Overall, sunny and bright, which we like. And yeah, temperature was nice. We didn't even need the hoodie today. It was like actually in the 80s. But it didn't feel like hot, hot, which I really just really enjoyed. I didn't sweat my my gizzard off, you know, if you know what I mean. Um, actually, I don't I don't even know what I mean there. But uh, no, overall, you know, good day, good vibes. Uh, no food corner to really report, you know, just same old same shit. Uh, we did do pasta. I guess I can report it on that. But yeah, overall, usual business. So yeah, uh, I'm going to go ahead and take my normal little startup break, do a little decompress, if you will. If you'd like to do that with me, we can. And uh, yeah, we'll get into some news that I'm going to be honest with you, probably going to botch. <laughs> but you know, you know I do my best. You know I do my best to provide some commentary, some news information to ya. And you know, you know, at least you know, let you know, you know, a good source, a decent source, I hope. All right. Our first story comes from Reuters. Azerbaijan halts Karabakh and offense after ceasefire deal with Armenian separatists. Uh, all right, let's get into it. Azerbaijan said Wednesday it had halted military action in its breakaway region of Nagorno-Karabakh after its battlefield success forced Armenian separatist forces to agree to a ceasefire that will see the area fully returned to Baku's control. Under the agreement outlined by Azerbaijan and the Russian Defense Ministry, which has peacemakers on the ground, separatist forces are meant to disband and disarm, while talks on the future of, <coughs> excuse me, on the future of ethnic Armenians who live there are due to start on Thursday. And I do feel like that last part to me is like, you know, just the most important part of this conversation. Like, I, I really don't know, you know, who's the, the quote unquote good guy or a bad guy here. I know there's just a lot of movement. This is kind of like an Armenian enclave um, <coughs> in like the Azerbaijan area. And, uh, you know, it's been kind of taken back and forth. <coughs> Very uh, contested area. So... You know, I, I don't know, in quote, unquote, who's supposed to be here? What reasons? Yada, yada, yada. I'm in over my head on that part. But when you start talking about the conversation of ethnic genocide, that's when I go, oh, wait, like, whoa, what the fuck? You know, and that's kind of, you know, just the big fear here is that, you know, I feel like these separatists more or less <laughs> are, you know, defending this area that they're living in. And you have this force saying like, hey. We're going to push these guys out now. And it's like, whoa, 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 like, slow down. Wait, what are y'all doing? And luckily, you know, the ceasefire happened. But who knows how long that's going to hold, if there's going to be another, you know, push in this conflict, what have you. 
So, you know, I mean, I think the overall good thing is that, you know, there is a ceasefire. When I initially heard the story, it was just kind of ramping up. And I was like, I don't even know what's going on here. Um, you know, let's kind of wait. <coughs> I'm sorry. Ooh, I just keep, I keep losing it. Uh, let's see here. In a speech to the nation on Wednesday evening, Azerbaijani President Ilham Aliyev said Baku had restored its sovereignty <coughs> with an iron fist uh, in a 24-hour offensive by troops backed by artillery strikes that sought to break away, that sought to brought the breakaway region to heal. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there, there was text messages and alerts telling the um, uh, Armenian population like hey stay inside you won't get hurt but like i think also they were telling people like that maybe they should like leave so it's kind of like mm, like that that definitely feels like we'll leave or else kind of thing but now they are saying i you know from what i'm gathering that's like no you know with, with all the talks we're gonna make sure that these people are included and they're gonna be folded into the area they're gonna be a part of elections um you know have you know rights like everybody else so that's good if that's you know the script that people are going to stick to for Karabakh and um you know things don't escalate into something bad or terrible uh I know that there's a lot of history here uh, it seems like a lot of talk is kind of based around like the 1990s 1991 kind of fall of the Soviet Union though historically this goes way back kind of like what I'm saying like this is like this is our kind of sacred land uh and they're like no oh, this is our sacred land so you know, there's definitely a lot of stake here, a lot to really, you know, tear through. And, you know, I'm only going to do so much. I will read one of my little highlighted portions I found. Uh, Karabakh, a mountainous area in the volatile, wider South Caucasus region, is internationally recognized as Azerbaijani territory. But part of it has been run by separatist authorities since a war that ended in the early 90s. Armenians claim a long historical historical dominance in the area, which they call Arkshah. Um, Azerbaijan links its historical identity to the territory, too. So, yeah, I mean, both got beef over this land. It's like ours, or it's like it's ours. Um, you know, uh, who, who am I to fucking say on that shit, for sure. But, um, you know, I just want to see people living in harmony as, as best they can. I definitely don't want to see a genocide. That shit's always fucked up. I think it's also noted, too, that... Um, the Azerbaijan side is backed by Turkey, which I think is another player in this conversation. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, like I said, I'm already in and over my head here. I, I always hate when I'm, I'm swimming in deep waters and I feel like I'm just not going to give you guys the best story. That is often always why, you know, I cite my sources not just to try to be, you know, correct so I don't get like, you know, clapped on in that regard, but also to like say, hey, this is what I'm taking away from it. You read it and you come back and you tell me how I've, I fucked it up maybe, you know, or we can drop it up. We can discuss it. I love that shit. That's like my best case scenario about this. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, we can go ahead and move along to another story. Let's see here. Do they, I hate when I, I, I go and I update it and like, it's a new title. Like this is not the title I, I wanted. Uh, technology has failed me, but this is from ABC seven. Uh, defendant deleted text after kids fentanyl exposure at daycare prosecutors. So yeah, that's, that's a fun mouthful, huh? Uh, the Bronx. That's right. We're going to the boogie down Bronx. New York, New York City, baby. Okay, I'm done. Sorry. Uh, two people already in custody over the death of a one-year-old at a Bronx daycare are facing federal charges. Gray Mendez or Gray Mendez, 
the daycare owner and Carlisto Acevedo Brito were charged with narcotics possession with intent to distribute, resulting in death and conspiracy to distribute narcotics, resulting in death in the in death in connection with the overdose of four children under the age of three, one of whom died in daycare, uh, which is obviously very fucking sad and terrible. Uh, police are still searching for Mendez's husband for questioning. They say he was caught on video fleeing the scene amid the deadly fentanyl exposure on Friday. Let's see here. Nicholas Dominici. Domin- I'm getting that name wrong. But uh, one, year, one year old. Jeez. One year old. Uh, died after police say he was exposed to fentanyl that was in the daycare. Uh, let's see here. Also, I gotta hate, I gotta say this too, just for preference. I I, I gotta understand, and, and you know, I can't underline this enough, stress this enough. Fentanyl is fucking bad. It's not, you know, it, how it is being used in the streets and, and everything since its induction and saying like, oh, this is the new wave of heroin is just like cutting it with this shit, and then we're like, oh, we don't even need to cut it anymore. Like this is bad. But at the end of the day, I just fucking hate that like the drug gets like turned into something that I feel like it is not. Like I've heard. Cops describe this as like some enigmatic thing that just like it touches their arm. It's like, ah, oh, I, I almost OD'd. It's like, that's not how fentanyl works. Like, I, I just kind of hate that shit. I had to kind of like get into the little bit more details here a little bit more. And I understood that it's like, oh, this is a sloppy run drug operation. That one is just sloppy on its merits. That's bad. But then you've also fused this with a front that you have as a daycare, which is terrible, which is just a macabre fucking terrible facade to have. Like, Jesus fucking shit. Like, you literally have kids here and you're running drugs that can kill said kids. That's, that's fucking bad. Um, I believe it's, it said that there was, like, literal, like, pressed uh, kilos of fentanyl, like, in the daycare, but then also not just, like, separated or sectioned off in another room or, like, sec- like building part of it. No, this was literally like on the play mats or like where the kids were like sleeping. Like, like they wound up being able to access that. And I believe that's how like the kids died, you know, exposed and wound up oh, like overdosing. So that's crazy. They found it in their urine. So like, this is how I know once again, the spirit of fentanyl didn't move here. This was just bad operations, terrible fucking operations. And yes, yes. With illegal drugs, bad drugs, bad, 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 terrible, terrible. But, um, it's it's super fucking tragic that there's a loss of life here and it's literally a baby. But I also hate that you just have people saying that we need to assault, do an assault on drugs. We need to like, you cannot keep warring on drugs and expecting a different outcome. You're just going to keep prosecuting the same kinds of people, throwing them in jail for forever and ever and ever and always. And then they're still, oh, there's still drugs. Oh my God, the drugs are even worse now. Like, So you're not changing the conversation in that regard to me. But, um... That being said, I, I you know I do want to focus on this and not, not get too in the weeds about you know the culture war shit surrounding all the surrounding all the shit. Uh, detectives learned that Mendez talked to her husband several times before calling nine one one. That's obviously fucking fucked up. Uh, essentially, they're trying to hide the evidence, trying to fucking sweep everything up, trying to make everything hunky dory, which is like, no, dude, you have a daycare drug shop like <laughs> drug den whatever the fuck i i don't think it's a drug den i feel like you fit in all mills whatever I, I called it drug mill yeah there we go uh you, you can't you can't hide this you can't cover it up now like this is this is over this is over for you 
Uh, prosecutors say Mendez deleted 20,000 text messages from her phone before she was arrested, but they managed to recover them. They can always find them. Like, no, dude, it's over. It, it's, it's donezo. A kilogram of fentanyl was stored on top of children's play mats used for napping at the daycare, according to the criminal complaint. Now, this is said in the complaint, but it's also said, I believe, by Adams and others that it's like, you guys are attacking us on, like, we should have done more. We should have, like, done better inspections. But, like, we did do inspections. We did surprise inspections. And we didn't see any fentanyl. Like, what do you want us to do? Like, find ways to detect and smell it or something? And I think some people were like, yes, that's exactly what we want. And it's like, uh, I don't know, man. At the end of the day, I can speculate here and say and think maybe that, like, even if it is a surprise, maybe they were just on their P's and Q's and got lucky that day and they didn't have the fucking kilos of fentanyl on the fucking beds. I don't know. Or playmats, whatever. Uh, it's just, this is like the worst episode of Breaking Bad ever. It's It's tragic. It's terrible. But like I said, I do think the thing that I hate the most is that you just see the, the people like Eric Adams, the fucking mayor, just say, oh, we just need to just do war on drugs. We just need to make this all about fentanyl, fentanyl, fentanyl. And fentanyl is fucking bad. I can't stress that enough. But at the end of the day, this is the thing that had a medical purpose. And they're like, oh, this shit's so good. We should just sell it on the streets. And that's what fucking happened. It's no different than a, 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 a cocaine. Uh, you know, like it, it, that is a substance. And you are going to try to sh just say, hey, we're going to do a war on this but really you're not doing anything but like once again rounding up black and brown people doing over prosecution and and people are just gonna rot and live in tombs like I, and the drugs are still gonna be out killing babies um so yeah i don't know that that was just something on my mind when i i covered it you know i maybe that i'm being a little bit crass here i don't know i i just feel like I want to have honest conversations about how this is fucked up on its own, alone, and not make this this big conversation about how evil boogeyman here fentanyl did it. Like, ugh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, let's move along. Uh, from the Associated Press, Texas prisoner accused of killing 22 older women. I don't know why. Uh, women. <laughs> it's. I don't know. I'm, I'm being hella single right now. I don't know. Texas prisoner accused of killing 22 older women is slain by cellmate while serving life sentence. All right. Texas prisoner accused of killing 22 older women over two years, preying on them so he could steal jewelry and other valuables, was slain Tuesday by his cellmate while serving a life sentence, prison officials said. Billy Chimirmir? That's a fun name. Chimirmir? Uh, Chimimir, we're going to go with that, uh, 50 years old, who was convicted last year in the slayings of two women, was found dead in his cell at a prison in rural East Texas. Uh, let's see, he was killed by his cellmate, who was also serving a prison sentence for murder. I believe they haven't identified him or the method and like how he was killed. Uh, let's see here. Chimirmir's death comes about two weeks after Texas 100 prisons were placed on a rare statewide lockdown because of a rise in the number of killings inside the facilities, which prisons officials have said were related to drugs. Mmm, you gotta love that. So you're telling me you did a war on drugs in the prisons here in Texas, and yet you didn't stop the murders. Hmm. Concerning. Gonna have to look into that. 
All right, but um, family members of those he um, was accused of killing expressed shock and relief at the news. My mother died in fear. This man did not have a peaceful passing. There's some relief in feeling that he didn't get off easy. That was uh, Shannon Dion, whose 92-year-old mother, Doris Gleason, was among those Tamir Mir was charged with killing. Um, I get that statement. I do. At the end of the day, I will never try to denote or take away from someone who's like, you know, this person killed my person. Fuck them. I want them to fucking die. Like, yeah, America is, and if you can't get them to fucking die, well, fine. We'll bury them alive for you. Like, America will accommodate. I'm not even going to lie. I was a little bit surprised at this being like a whole Texas thing. And maybe it's because it's Dallas, like, like that's where he was tried in, like the court. Maybe that's why it was a, a license, whatever. But, um, you know, that's a liberal bastion. And I, I, I was curious, but I was surprised. You know, I was like, really? They didn't just, like, literally shoot him? Uh, they didn't just do, like, the capital punishment right on the spot? But no. Um, so, but I understand it. This, this person took your person's life away for the worst, the pettiest reasons. And even if there was, like, a, a, a noble reason, you'd still be like, ah, oh, no, I want to kill this guy. I, I get that. I totally do. But, um, yeah, I, I do think that at the end of the day, a barbaric act like that is terrible. I think that there's uh, the lawyer says it really well. Um, nobody deserves to be killed at any point, especially when you are in a place you're being held out against your will. And it's like, I feel like no matter how you feel about prison, I feel like that statement should ring true to you. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 22. I mean, essentially, I think this guy was literally running into... And I remember I went to go visit my grandma and she kind of lived in this kind of situation where essentially it's like a elderly, uh, like living community, but they live in their own kind of complexes independently. And like, you know, people come and check on them and things of that nature. Things are usually like easy for them. But um, yeah, it's very kind of isolated, almost away kind of thing. And I, I guess Ch- uh, Chimir Mir's MO is just breaking in robbing aggressively and and murdering and in the last part it's just like completely unnecessary if people can't fight back they're not going to stop you from robbing that's why you pick them you piece of shit and you're adding on like oh i'm gonna also kill them like so you know this wasn't a good guy it's not like i'm rooting for him it's not like i'm gonna shed a tear you know what i mean no fuck it at the end of the day he died and uh if they reenact that shit on a fucking like hbo show i'm like oh shit that's horror bro Be- because i mean you know I'm, I'm an american myself you know what can i do um, but yeah, I mean, this is a fucked up story all around, no? Uh, I don't even know what, what else to really add there, but, um, uh, the picture of him, I'm not gonna lie, uh, is kind of funny. It's, uh, one of those, like, COVID shots, you know, where you got the face shield on and you got the glasses on, so it's, like, literally, like, it feels like almost six eyes I'm looking at here, and he's a baldy. Um, and now he's dead, so, you know, there's that. All right, let's go ahead and move along, though. We got other shit to talk about. One more thing, actually. And then I'll let you go. You can be done with my hot takes. <laughs> I have learned, though, that I feel like the best place to make a hot take is a podcast. You know what I mean? Like, as long as I'm not spreading some fucking misinformation or whatever, you know, uh, or I'm not saying some, like, right-ring scree, I'm, I'm fine. I sleep well. Uh, well enough for an insomniac. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, I'm taking my little last break, and we'll do it.
right. Our last story is also from the Associated Press. It's a double feature, maybe, I guess you could say. In that regard. Gotta take a deep breath. I know I'm still probably gonna cough and I apologize. Southern Baptists expel Oklahoma church after pastor defends his blackface and native caricatures. Oh my God. This dude bodied me. This dude, this dude, this dude, he had me levitating. Like when I, when I tell you, like sometimes the racism is so crazy. It's so wild that I'm just like, wow, wow. Like, and it's like, and it's like a good game of Clue. It's all about the components and then about the players that are a part of the game with you. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes it's just funny. Like, it's, it's fucking Colonel Mustard or whatever in the library with the candlestick. And it's just like, it just hits funny. It, it's just so wild. Um, obviously, fuck this dude. Uh, Sherman Jacques. 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 Oh, I don't know how to fucking pronounce this guy's name. I'm gonna be liberal with it. The Southern Baptist Convention, which we've talked about before, the SBC, notorious, uh, actually a little bit of tangent, they uh, uh, no longer uh, fuck with um, the Saddleback Church because they um, have women as pastors. You know, they're leading the church and they're like, whoa, your vagina's way too out there. Why don't you... uh, uh, don't do that. And they're like, no, we're going to have a woman as a pastor. And they're like, that's against the rules. That's against God, actually, or like against our interpretation. So they, they said no. But on this one, I'm, I'm fucking with the SBC. We're, we're, we're handshaking. We are friends here. Um, but yeah, they've ousted an Oklahoma church whose pastor defended his blackface performance at one church event and his impersonation of a Native American woman at another so that's that's so 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 intense and then the cheering on top is that this guy's against drag shows of course of course of course sherman of course you can be a a pocahontas but you know shell von vim no way that's that's against god once again against god and i know there are way better names out there i'm just shooting off the hip i'm sorry i'm sorry cheryl (laughs) okay the executive committee of the nation's largest Protestant denomination, oh, y'all love the Protestants, voted Tuesday that the Makatoa Baptist Church of Oleta, Ocheleta, Ocheleta, uh, be deemed not in friendly cooperation with the convention. That's how it's worded in God, by the way. I'm a heathen now, so I, I you know, I don't say things correctly. It's scuffed. Um... The official terminology for an expulsion that I do know about, though, you know, as <laughs> as, a, as a guy who's been ex, uh, expelled, excommunicated, I get that. Uh, the church pastor Sherman Jacques, Jacques dressed in blackface for a 2017 church Valentine's Day event, which he claimed to be impersonating the late soul singer Ray Charles. Jacques wore dark, dark facial makeup, which I showed in the thumbnail. And, and and let's get this let's get this straight here. Um, in the tier list, I'm I'm gonna make this. I can do this. I'm a black man. I'm allowed. Hey, you fucking cancel me if you want. All blackface. I have to put this asterisk is bad. Don't do it. If you do it, I'm coming for you. Okay, I'm gonna be the first one to talk about y'all ass. Boom, got you. But you gotta understand. You you are crazy as hell if you are going to skip a whole fucking 
so many shades and go straight to tar black. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? That is ludicrous. Like, that, that is the Sambo. That is the fucking minstrel act bullshit. Like, straight to it, bro. The only thing you didn't include, like, he had the red list, but not the fucking, like, blush. Like, ah, oh, but the large afro, dark glasses. And, but this man said, he didn't even call it an impersonation. Like, I think he used the word tribute. Like, he was like, you know, I love Ray Charles. What do you mean? It was a beautiful duet. That's right. He did that with someone else. There was another man who sung right next to him. And, and yes, when you actually play it back and you hear it, there's people laughing. Um, I don't know. I, I, I didn't have the heart to look it up, you know. But I, my hope is that it's that nervous laughter. Um, but of course, um, Sherman uses this as like an excuse, like, no, I, I did this to an audience of people. Like, uh, this, there was no racism. There was no dark undertone. I didn't mean it in a malicious way. Uh, you know, a tribute. Um, no, my man. Uh, then there was a time that, um, let's see, Jacques dressed as a Native American woman at a Cowboys and Indians night at a church camp. Pause. Stop right here because yeah, yeah, we already know my man Jacques. He's fucked. He's fucked on sight. You already know he's bad. But why the fuck? And and granted, I went to a very fun non-denomination. I said it, non-denomination. That's freestyle God with it. Okay, church. Never did we ever do a fucking cowboys and Indians night. Granted, I'm a Fairfield Indian. Okay, that's the school I went to. That's fucked up. They should have changed that name, right? Okay, whatever. But <laughs> this this church had that night. They had that night at camp church. That's crazy. That's wild and insane. Like that's already fucked up on so many levels. Like that we need to do this. But um, let's let's continue. I'm sorry, I got derailed there. The photo shows a man dressed as a cowboy holding an apparently fake gun to Jacques and Jess while a boy dressed as a cowboy is poised with a raised fist next to him. Uh, by the way, he defends that by saying, I'm Indian, by the way. Like, I'm Cherokee. Like, I'm Cherokee Nation, babe. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. Fuck you. He's part Cherokee. I wonder how many parts. Give me what, what teeth. My guy, I always love that. I always love that. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's my favorite. My my favorite, favorite, favorite white person. <laughs> no, no, dude. I, I'm not white. That's crazy. <laughs> like, please, just tell me how Italian you are. Like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But it's like, this that's this white guy behavior. And you... you you shouldn't do it. You are not Pocahontas, babe. Just don't do it. You didn't need to do this. That was out of pocket. That was out of line. Um, so, yeah. Um, this was brought to attention. I, I think it was his name, Mike Lewis, who is a part of the SBC. He brought it to the attention, like all this kind of shit. And um, like I said, I, dude tried to say like, oh, he spoke out against drag shows in Batesville. And that's why people are coming for me. But it's like, I don't know. I think this cancellation might have been a long time coming, brother brother Jacques um they do go on the latter half of this about some other shit um apparently they're looking for a new president uh that's a thing but I don't really feel like talking about that uh, uh that's not the lead <laughs> but yeah that's that's it that's really all I have um that's the episode I don't know sorry maybe this was a little bit more spicier than usual I don't know I don't know <laughs> whatever sorry about it but no, that, that's all I have. 
if you would like to help out the effort, you can. I do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Isaiah News. Uh, I dub thee a newsie if you do give me five doll hairs every month. And I shout you out on the podcast if you'd like. I plug a project if you like. And then there's free ways to hit me up if you would like to contact me at gmail.com slash Isaiah News 1. Um, I think sometimes I forget that, but whatever. Uh, you send me a little email. And I'll send you one back properly. And then also, you can hit me up on the socials. Follow me on the socials. There's a burp somewhere in me. Uh, It's not going to come out. Uh, Let's see. YouTube. Please subscribe if you haven't. It means a lot. Um, You know, if you just have a little account and you're not using it, that's okay. Just go ahead and hit that button for me. You'd be a peach. Be a pal. Uh, Thumbs up. Help out a lot. Uh, Reviews. Uh, positive five stars please all those things help out a ton but yeah uh just listening if you made it this far you're a fucking boss and uh not a bad kind like not the like capitalist overlord kind like the cool boss like like rick rose boss but like not like the daycare drug boss (laughs) okay yeah so keep it breezy keep it easy hopefully i see you soon for some more good news i love you Bye-bye. Mwah.